Take Flight with Freebird is a podcast where we interview successful business owners and innovators, disrupting and empowering the beauty industry with their passion and creativity. In every episode, you'll find a mix of inspirational individuals discussing their stories, insights, trends, and their latest tools. Hey, Freebirds. I'm so excited to be with a co-host today. I have Miss Laura Garcia. Hi, Laura. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this next guest. Me too. She is an ultimate badass, one of my favorite Freebirds we have so far, and I am so excited to tell you a little about her. Today, we are interviewing Laura Myers, a traveling hairstylist to Reno, Nevada, residing in the Black Hills of South Dakota. She is a decorated artist with a diverse set of skills from a runner-up at the first ever Unicorn Tribe Show and three-time nominee of BTC One Shot in 2018 and 2019. She is also a brand influencer for Trionics, a member of the Unicorn Tribe, a founding hair artist of the La Dida Beauty On Location team and their social media director, as well as she is the ultimate freebird and all-around badass. Welcome, Miss Laura Myers. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, guys. Oh, we love you way too hard. I love that intro. That was great. I feel great. I'm going to be very transparent with all of our listeners out there. We did that a few times. We had to perfect that down because she's just that badass that we had to make sure we represented her right. Thank you so much for being here. And something to kind of paint a picture of what this precious soul is doing with us. She is on her last day as a traveling stylist here in Reno. She's been grinding it out this week. How are you feeling? I feel tired. Yeah. I had a long week, but it was really great. I love coming back to Reno and seeing everybody and working, and it's great. It's good to get hands in hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I, myself, as a traveling hairstylist, I have so much feeling for us. Like, let me know if I can get you food. Let me get all these things because it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, work situation. So we're so grateful that you took time out of that for us and that Miss Laura Garcia took time out of her busy schedule so that we can I dive in. It. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, Laura, I have to say, okay, Hey guys, how are we going to differentiate here with uh, the Lauras? Because uh, <laughs> I think our listeners may have a minute with that. Should we you can uh, call me La? Okay, La. So Laura Garcia, for everyone who is listening, is the owner of La Da. And so La is Laura Garcia and Laura is Laura Meyer. So we'll keep that in. Hopefully I don't mess it <laughs> up too much. <laughs> I love that you clarified. I have to. Because <laughs> you're going to hear me uh. say it. <laughs> Anyways, so Miss Laura Myers. How in the world have you been these last couple of days with um, not only working, but in your situation right now, she just relocated, bought a house, is flipping it, is considering a studio. I don't want it to say too much, but right. how is that all going for you, my girl? Um, I think it's, we're just riding the wave right now. You know, it's going pretty well. I try, um, I just try to be really flexible most of the time <laughs> and we're, we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We're so happy to hear that. And um, make sure you guys follow her on Laura Does My Hair on Instagram to see all of her fun little stories. I just have to put that out there because <laughs> I truly appreciate how she shares herself. And I mean, she is the social media guru. So, I mean, she is one to look, at, look into and after if, if you're trying to get some inspiration, but um, Miss Laura, if you wouldn't mind, walk us through how you got started. Tell us about your journey in the beauty industry. Um, so I entered the beauty industry about uh, almost 12 years ago now. So it was um, 2008 when I got my license. I was 20 years old, and I really had no idea how what to enter time. the beauty industry. I know. To get your license. 2008, I feel recession really coming on. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, joke. Right. It was a recession. Absolutely. I mean, if you fast forward only one more year, right that's when there. housing, everything mm -hmm. dropped right then. What was that like? Um, it was a tough time to enter you know um a lot of hairstylists that i knew had either lost their clientele or you know it was taking five times as long to build a clientele yeah. back then so at the time i started at um you know like 
probably not as nice. I mean, they're all nice, but yeah, um, you know, jobs that would pay me an hourly wage instead of working as an assistant, which um, looking back, I do kind of regret that it took me a few years before mm. um, I could afford to take on an apprenticeship and but it was valuable experience yeah. too, you know. Absolutely. So when you say you worked hourly, where did you work? Um, I started at Ulta and at um, Fantastic Sam's and you know, you just get a lot of heads done. You make a lot of mistakes and, you know, yeah. it was like trial by fire. So, <laughs> but it was good. I feel like I learned a lot. Um, you really learn how to manage and talk to people doing jobs like that. And they, um, you know, if you make a mistake, they don't remember you. They yeah. remember <laughs> fantastic exams. So. I love that. <laughs> well, and that's a really interesting take on um, something to touch on real quick is the apprenticeship because a lot of pros are adverse to taking that time to apprentice. And I love that you said that you kind of missed that. And do you wish you would have started out apprenticing? Or, I mean, how I, does that look? I do. It took me two years before I could afford to take on an apprenticeship. So, um, And what do you mean afford to? I had to work... Um, you know, I worked probably 36 hours a week at a little like mom and pop shop doing quick haircuts. And then on the weekends, I would assist two to three days. So it was um, a lot of work at the time, but it was really valuable experience. So I wouldn't take it back ever. I really appreciate you sharing that because a lot of times, especially in the hair industry, I've met stylists who think that they're just ready. You know, yep. they come out the gate, they're excited. And of course you are. And I'm going to be very transparent because I have never assisted. So I, I'm coming from the side of not assisting and seeing different apprentices and different assistants throughout my career. I'm like, wow, they really do get something that you don't get when you don't go behind mm -hmm. another mentor or a professional to help you go throughout right. this industry. So I think it's very valuable that someone yourself who, you know, we fast forward now and you're successful in your own right, that you think that's still a very integral part. So mm -hmm. I it's appreciate so interesting. that. And coming from a makeup artist background, I'll say that assisting is a huge part of the way that you come up in the industry. And it's often talked about, it's, um, it's just a the way that it's done. So it's really interesting hearing the different perspectives. It is really interesting when you think of it too. And I love that you bring that makeup component, right? Because we're, we absolutely marry each other so well, you know, it, we together are what makes this industry absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so the truth of the matter with the hairstylist though, is we see something different. And so how we approach a color will be incredibly different than the person next to us. And it doesn't mean the person next to us is right or wrong or that we're right or wrong. It's our eye is seeing something. And so um, it's very tricky to apprentice because you get taught their techniques, their eye, what they're seeing, their reasoning. And um, you really can get stuck in that. And I think that a lot of times for professionals as they're growing and so forth, um, I mentored before I apprenticed. I never apprenticed. So I started mentoring apprentices and I found that they wanted to do exactly what I was doing. And it was like, no. I'm just giving you tools. You take it and go. But we're makeup, right? It's that's a very interesting take because no, it's we're the, it's the same thing. It's you okay. make it your own. But I think what you learn through mm -hmm. assisting or apprenticing are not necessarily the artistic perspective, but you're learning the business etiquette, the okay. client etiquette, the just different protocols. I love and, that. Um, maybe foundational techniques, and so I mean, I I would hope that that's what each person takes away because there's definitely a different take on makeup. Just the totally. same way that there is with hair. I, I like that too. You're right. That business component of it too. It is the interactions different with hair and makeup and how we communicate even. So 
And how have you felt with that? Because you are a part of the Lottie Da on location bridal team. Do you do both hair and makeup or only hair? I just do hair. I awesome. focus on hair. I, I love hair. So, how would you say that that's, you know, kind of um, married into where you are today as a professional, being an on location artist for a bridal team? I um, I think it's really helped as far as navigating different personality types and um, knowing when to take a back seat to someone's wishes and, um, again, just being really flexible. Um, yeah. I think that's really helped me with the team. And, yeah, for and sure. Well, I'm thinking away, of where you, know? you started, you know, yeah. at, at Fantastic Sam's and working these things. So to kind of circle back to your journey, because you have such a really cool story and you started out in one of the most volatile times of our, uh, for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone experienced things differently. So um, from there, how, what did you do? Where did you go from there? Um, I assisted for my friend part-time while I was working, you know, four days a week. So I was working a lot back then. And then, um, you know, just started renting a few days a week at a small, um, like, lower-level shop and working part-time again, you know, at a place that would pay me. And yeah. um, I just worked a lot until I was busy. So when, when was that span of time, you think? So that would have been 2008 to 2011, Okay. I think. Yeah. I have to count because I, I always I was gonna say own. four, but it's a three. <laughs> and, and the reason I bring this up is because I think that as every professional is trying to figure out where they're going, their specialties, what they're just making it right, they're trying mm -hmm. to pay the bills and yep. so forth. Is that's three years. Pay attention to the timing because it's easy to see where we are today, but it takes time to get there. And yeah. so I just want to make sure we always touch on that because it's important that we. It takes time. It takes vision. It takes knowing what you're doing and also being w willing. Someone said this yesterday in the podcast and I loved it. It was willing. Willingness was her word. And I'm like, if that's not the truth, we can do so much more if we're willing. And you willing to work yeah. in a salon and a pay job That's mm -hmm. and be willing to apprentice and to sacrifice your time for that. Right. All of those things can't go overlooked. I mean- those were foundational components of where yeah, you are I think today. It made me a really well-rounded stylist, you know. So by the time I was seasoned in the industry, um, I had a good set of tools in my tool belt to bring to the table. Yeah, I think it just really helped me grow. And then just being ambitious too. Yeah. Know? At this point, were you incorporating your social media skills yet, or no, not at okay. all? Yeah. Um, no, it was all word of mouth back then. Or you know, I would drive around to find different cork boards around town and I pin my cards that. up. And I love that. hustle, know, yeah. yeah, baby, hustle. Like old school. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, Laura, I met you around 2012, yeah. 2013, when I was just starting Lottie Da Beauty before we had ever started the team. So, where were you working at that time? Um, I had rented a small space at a salon in town called Slice, and we met on actually the first wedding that I had booked ever, so it was pretty cool. That is That's really so cool. And, you know, my memory of meeting you was at a photo shoot event, and so... <laughs> you invited um, me to that after, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. You got on her <laughs> radar, girl. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just remember you just made such an impact on me at that photo shoot, so it was this event where there were all these different photographers, all these different models, um, hair and makeup artists were turning out work and I just will never forget like first how amazing your hairstyles were how quick you worked but how much you enjoyed being in that photo shoot and I think it's been really cool and rewarding for me to see you go from that first kind of photo shoot event 
to really seeking out photo shoots because I think yeah. that that's where our relationship developed even before the team is we loved doing photo shoots together and photo shoots I'm sure you know Laura I'd love to hear you talk about this but your your why behind it because with photo shoots especially being in a place like Reno Nevada there's not a lot of money in it yeah but man it sure feeds the soul and it's yeah. awesome for building your portfolio so um, it's been so cool to watch that journey and can you talk a little bit about why at that time you were interested in doing photo shoots and what that's done for your career as you've progressed yeah absolutely um so you know I just really was interested in getting a great portfolio and starting to work into more online marketing and advertising for myself you know and this was a great opportunity back then it, it was unpa- I think you had to pay to be there actually it was like totally unpaid and we paid to be there and but it was a great opportunity to get some shots and um you know, really create the kind of portfolio of what I wanted to see and to attract the kind of clientele that I wanted to attract. And um, I just really found it valuable. Mm-hmm. And and it also, like, really lit a fire in me, I think, um, just getting to be totally creative and in charge of the work that I was putting out. Because a lot of the time that's not the way that it works with hair in photo yeah. shoots, you know. So Well, and I like great. <laughs> you brought up really two good points right there that I think can go overlooked at times is, um, you know, artists – you are growing. You are not of demand. <laughs> you have to pay mm-hmm. to get to where you want to go. And I think a lot of times people think they just show up and it's game time and they should be a part of these things and so forth. And yes, there are those opportunities, but look for the opportunities in those yes moments of growth and photo shoots. And yeah, you may have to pay, but you're investing in yourself and your mm-hmm. and and we had to to really, I don't know, just figure it out from the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, you're doing photo shoots with all different types of photographers, some good, some more novice. Mm -hmm. Um, Some would get your pictures right away. Some you would never get your pictures. Oh, no. Um, So, I mean, (laughs) would you say, Laura, that it was definitely like a labor of love and there had to be more to it than just, you know, wanting... It wasn't you, you know, doing that and then all of a sudden being able to just go and post it. And that's the other thing, too, is that thought process that goes into organizing that, creating those relationships with photographers and learning how to get models together. That's a whole process in mm-hmm. all of that. And would you say that this combination of working more in the photo shoot, more bridal, you know, that whole arena, did that inspire a direction for your career or was that in addition to what you were doing? Um, it was definitely in addition at the time. Um, I think at you know, I really had always embodied the mindset of say yes to everything that you can, you know, um, and because like I always have that fear of missing out. So I would just be like oh, so <laughs> jealous. Yeah, absolutely. When I would see something that I had said no to, like show up later. You You're know? like, that could have been me. Yeah, oh, I should have done me. that. Like, why didn't I do it? You know, um, so. <laughs> I get it. I'm like, I would have done it. This I know. Way. No, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really wish I would have said yes. That's the that, hairstylist you know? in us right there. Just being like. Oh, just pull that over a little bit now. Sorry. No, I love it. So because for those of you who don't know, Laura Myers is a phenomenal stylist behind the chair. You have a really strong, loyal clientele. She is a phenomenal bridal artist. I can speak from experience with our team. She rocks those weddings so hard. And you have an awesome portfolio. Um, you've recently started doing photo shoots now with your husband, Josh. Yeah. And you guys Gosh, are an he's incredible talented. team. Goodness. And they're these gorgeous editorial shoots. If you don't currently follow Laura on social media, you definitely want to go check her out on Instagram at Laura Does My Hair. Um, because the pictures are so 
so inspiring. Yes. And so you're constantly creating. Um, and then you've recently really started taking off with your social media knowledge and people are now coming to you to lead them, to teach them, to help them with their brands. And so it's really interesting to see your progression. And now you have these four facets that are all still really going strongly. How do you manage it all? Like what's your, how did all of those come into play? Do they compete with each other or is it like this beautiful, you know, you've kind of found your, you found your flow, right? Or where are you at in that process? I think I've mostly found my flow. Yeah. I had to really take a step back this year and think about, um, what was filling my cup anymore and what, you know, what I really wanted to focus on. Um, you know, that was, that meant taking some time away from the chair and just coming back to work and working really hard when I'm here. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, being more present for my family. Um, yeah. We're not going to get that time back. So I do need to also focus on that and then working from home a little bit more. So it's really been great. Actually, I'm really happy with how it's worked out. Yeah. I think it's good for not having like a solid game plan. <laughs> no, for sure. It's out pretty well. I, I want to touch on what you said right at the beginning of this was the yes. You said yes. And it's so important that you kind of just stretch yourself in those bounds that you think is possible because it, you know, you're proof that anything is possible if you just go for it and you say yes and you take those challenges. Because if you rewind, 2008 was not a promising year for any professional. And then you fast forward to you weren't even using social media in 2012. Am I yeah, that, that, mm -hmm. that fair to say? So then 2012-ish is when I believe you, you've told me that you five years you really... Yeah, I think it right? was more 2014 than it oh, was yeah. when I started getting serious about social media and seeing where it would take me, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think we should maybe touch on that a little bit because, um, you know, first and foremost, let's have full transparency here is uh, we're sitting among three very talented people in very diverse backgrounds. So I'm a traveling hairstylist by trade. I work in Dallas, L.A. and New York. And that's what I did for my career only and solely. I didn't engage a whole lot on Instagram or social components because for me it was word of mouth and that. Miss Laura Garcia has just had the most amazing background as well. Law, sorry, law. <laughs> law has come from a business background to a makeup background, having that sprinkled throughout her entire life and has built her beauty empire off of it. And then you have Laura Myers, who has literally went from not using social media component to being one of the gurus. So I think it'd be really important because the journey sometimes gets overlooked. And let's make sure that we're not doing that at all. And so um, 2014, you're ready to start engaging with social media. What does that look like for you? Um, for me back then, because I had space on my clientele, it was really about targeting, um, you know, potential clients in Reno and putting out the kind of work um, I really was pretty cautious and um, tried to curate my portfolio so that I would attract the type of clients that I wanted and um, let's let's touch on that a minute just to clarify what that means so um, attracting the right clients the imagery you're sharing if you want to be focused more on color you need to be posting color shots don't post men's haircuts or yep. short haircuts if those and I'm just saying in hair sorry I'm always biased in my terminology but um, regardless of what it is make sure you're showcasing what you want to attract more of and Absolutely. so when she's saying that these are I mean this is gold right here so you better be listening cause. and at that time Laura what were the clients that you were wanting to attract were I, they your like bread and butter cut and color were they vivid colors what were you really aiming for I really wanted to attract more vivid colors because I just really found a lot of joy in the artistry in that um, and pushing my boundaries and what I thought was beautiful. 
Um, I I shared a lot of bridal work because I really enjoyed taking weddings and working outside of the salon in a different way. Um, That was, I really, really enjoyed that. So I did a lot of that. And then, yeah, bread and butter clients, a lot of balayage, that type of work. Cool. Just more work that I wanted to do. All color, mostly, you know. Yeah. That's what I enjoy the most. And formal styling or editorial styling. One thing also you said to me um, when I had the privilege of speaking with you last week was um, your your bio, the description portion of your Instagram and how that looks different today than what it did when you were seeking new clients. Absolutely. What are some things that you would recommend for those who are, you know, the budding artists are trying to be recognized and get their books full. What right. would you recommend? Um, so for instance, with my bio back in 2015, when I was looking to really build a solid clientele, I would post, you know, the days that I worked at the salon, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday or something. Um, you know, I would have a website with the link to my service menu and my portfolio so people would know what to expect if they came to my chair, um, you know, easy ways to contact me. And I would post um, directly that I'm accepting new clients so people would know that it's okay to reach out and um, Yeah, you're you know, not just there to look it. at my yeah, work. You exactly. can actually have me work on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I a good point. Stylist. That's mm-hmm. right. You're like, you and could look the like them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good point. And also fast forwarding to where you are today, because I mean, your schedule is a little bit more tight. You mm-hmm. can't accept new clients. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's it, honestly, what every pro is trying to get to, to where they don't have to wonder so much about where their money's coming from. So that being said, what does your description look like today? What's the difference? Um, today, I just really focus on the artistry, and um, I try to target it more towards brands okay. and, um, yeah, potentially attracting, you know, new sponsorships, that type of um that type of engagement so it says now i don't i don't have where i work anymore mm-hmm. because i'm not you're not I'm anywhere not looking, i'm everywhere <laughs> that's now, right so. you're a free bird yeah, you're everywhere exactly <laughs> um you know i say some of the things that i'm proud of in my bio like my btc nominations mm-hmm. and you know being a part of unicorn tribe and trionics has been um you know really great in sponsoring yeah. me and very supportive so i try to share that type of stuff and Really just kind of rounding out that impression of brand influencer because you've graduated in your um, social presence to be that. And that's something also to to touch on here is when you are approaching social media, there's so many ways to do it now and there's so much exposure. It's such a great tool. But, um, you know, someone like myself. I don't necessarily want tons of followers, right? Like, for, and I'm, I'm not saying that in, in real. I'm just saying, for instance, like, I'm not necessarily looking for tons and tons of followers. But someone who's interested in being a brand influencer, would you say that it's absolutely necessary that they just have to kind of rack up those numbers and how to do that authentically, right? Like, yeah. for those who want to do that, but, you know, they don't want to sell out to social media or something like that. So it's... How how have you combated that to add your touch to growing your community that makes sense for you? Um, so I just spend some time really engaging with the people that engage with me and then also reaching out to new people, um, whether it's just being supportive by liking and commenting on their work, you know, that um, it always just plants a little seed where maybe they want to check me out or, yeah. you know, they might find something with Who's me this that they girl? identify <laughs> with, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um yeah, I think that's been most important for me. Just engaging. Like, yeah, engaging authentically, just reaching out and um, and always in a positive way. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. sure. You know, an- another thing to bring up about social media, which I 
have had the pleasure of watching your journey. And so I remember when um, in 2015, you really started taking social media seriously and you decided to invest in some education. What did that look like for you? Um, and maybe you can share with everyone like that journey, how you found the person that you um, had mentor you and um, how that helped you grow. Yeah, um, I followed this guy named Don, and he had always just shared really great information um, about social media and how to use it, and he just would, you know, give it away on his um, platform, and so it really intrigued me um, just because I found the information really useful. I thought it was really good information, and um, so I reached out to him and paid him for a few marketing phone calls, and he would just go over my page and, you know, tell me, like, areas that I was weak, um, you know, ways to improve, here's different things that you can do, here's how to diversify while still, like, keeping people retained and yeah. interested in what you're sharing, um, and that was really, uh, that really helped me grow, mm -hmm. and just see it in a different way, you know, just look at it from like an outsider perspective. I was going to ask if you, you know, having someone come in intimately and assess you very unbiasedly mm -hmm. and just look at facts of, hey, this is what it looks like. This is where it was going. You feel that was a, a very influential moment. It helped me just take a step outside of my page and um, really uh, look at it as a gallery mm -hmm. and, yeah, start mm -hmm. really uh, curating it a little more intensely, you know, pulling my family off of it and, yeah. you know, creating a personal page for my family and, um, I love that. Yeah. So fast forwarding now, now you help teach social media classes. You've taken over social media for certain brands like La Dida Beauty, which mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for. <laughs> You're like a godsend. Um, is taking on individual clients something that you would ever consider? I would consider it. Yeah, I've talked about it before. Um, I think it's one of those say yes moments again, yeah. you know, because it's, it's an area I'd love to grow in. So mm -hmm. well, yeah, anyone would, would be, be really it. fortunate to have you. Yes, they would. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Yes, they would. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really, I think it's really great, Laura, that um, maybe something that you don't even know as an outsider seeing you is when I met you, your energy, your presence, it was so refreshing for me because um, there's so much talent in this industry, but there's a lot of ego that follows it. Mm -hmm. And when you find someone like you who's kind and humble and precious, but incredibly talented and badass in every sense of that word, but you still care about empowering and helping and sharing with others. And I think the industry just needs to be full of people like you. So I really, I have to tell you multiple times how appreciative I am, not only for you taking time out of your traveling schedule to talk with La and I on our podcast, but just the fact that you're willing to continue to share this information, that you're not hoarding it, that it's not this competition-based thing. What you're doing in the industry is truly inspiring, and I'm so grateful that you're doing it. I mean, it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, That's absolutely. You know, something I see when I look at you is um, it's so cool because if you look at Laura's social media page, I mean, you're an influencer and you're living the dream. You are yeah. an independent rock star who with the is... best hair. <laughs> Sorry, yes, I love hair. her hair. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but I think the cool thing too is like when you look deeper, you're connected with so many different people. It's like you're a part of different teams. You're repping different brands, and so there's this connection aspect. Um, where even though you are, you know, writing it out and Cameron's now taking a picture. <laughs> I'm just distracting <laughs> me. I know. Um, I had to. I'm like, I have to get this. It's so but beautiful. I would love to hear you talk about, like, what that looks for you, like, building your own, you know, social media brand, but then also connecting with others. And, and how, do, how has that yeah. helped your career? And how do you approach that? Um, I always 
I felt like it was hard for me to enter the beauty industry. You know, I, I probably didn't have like great self-esteem at that time. So it was hard for me to approach and, you know, figure out how, where I was going to fit in the industry. And, um, when I started, I met, you know, several stylists that I felt like really gave me a hand up and, you know, you mm -hmm. were one of them, Laura, um, you were just influential, I feel like, in paving the way for my career in a lot of ways. And so I just oh, want to be able to do so that much. for other people, too, you know. You Please make sure this is recording because this is just gold, please. <laughs> okay. Freebird has some PTSD, guys, about recording. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please continue. I love a rising tide mentality, and that's just mm. something you've always um, embodied, Laura Garcia. And, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And it's, yeah, I just think it's that's the way to be, you know. Well, I, I will say that um, when starting the team, it was so awesome having the relationship with you and the other artists that we started it with because um, you have always had such a ride-or-die mentality. You put so many other people ahead of yourself, and you have such a servant heart. And um, and so yeah. I just, you know, I just want to encourage you in that, that it it shows in everything that you do and well and also yeah. something to touch on here too is i mean we are three professionals together and competing for the same clientele but it doesn't but have not. to be competition <laughs> yeah, yeah like but that's the thing is that tell your people next to you tell your mentors you're grateful for them tell them what they've done for you don't be quiet about it say thank you there's so many mentors along the way that I think they don't even know they're mentoring or you know that someone's scared to say thank you and I being able to be honored enough to watch this with both of you right now is so beautiful because this industry is hard and it can be very difficult mm -hmm. and to find people who are you know your little cheerleaders and your encouragers it's well, so it's a refreshing reciprocal relationship That's with right. Laura and I you know yeah. I feel like just as much as um you know, I'm a huge fan of her. She's totally. always been like cheerleading me on and um, we can come to each other. And it's been really cool. That's too, inspiration to at its finest, right? Uh -huh. Like, I mean, truly mm -hmm. sharing each other's talents with one another and also filling in where the other lacks. Right. That's not a bad thing that we aren't fully strength in all areas. But when we come mm -hmm. together, there's beauty that can just absolutely illuminate all of us. So it is so incredible to be able to sit with both of you and listen to your stories together. And I, I'm, I can't even tell you, I mean, I've completely forgot how you guys even, Oh, Hey, this mic, I told you guys, I'm going to hit this <laughs> mic multiple times. But one thing with your career and where you've progressed from and hearing, you know, Laura having or law having this very intimate view of it too, is very interesting because, um, when you are influencing and you're part of this, it takes a lot of time to do these things. And now that you have more time because you've, you know, you took that space to kind of reassess where you needed to allocate that. How much time do you really spend engaging on social media? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, I mean, it's, it's hours at a time. Yeah. It is a lot of time. Um, I would say maybe like one to two hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's quite a bit of work, you know, yeah. especially to do it like a, it's been like a slow grow process. Um, I'm really grateful with how far I've come, but it does take a lot of work. You know, you, um, mm -hmm. I'm sure some people are able to just like immediately, you know, make a big impact and just shoot up. Um, that's not the way that it was for me. And I think that's I don't think it that is for it, a lot of people. I don't think so. it's that way for many, honest, yeah. I, unless you have just someone who has a ridiculous amount of following and somehow you absorb half of theirs, which doesn't happen. I, I right. mean, I'm throwing out a very rare and that doesn't happen situation. So it takes a lot of work, but with a couple hours a day, have you found any tips or things that you have incorporated into that daily um, interaction that have helped you? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think that there's a way that you can kind of make the algorithm with Instagram work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people get stressed out about, you know, whether your posts will get buried or, in, you know, like just Instagram. It's a lot to take on. And yeah, they just shifted the algorithm know? again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard. Um, what I found works for me is just using all of the tools that Instagram has, whether it's like creating, you know, stories for one. Um, that's a great way to just show your daily life. That's a great way to show things that aren't um suitable for your feed you know it's not necessarily part of portfolio work you'd want to see or the 360 impression of who you Mm -hmm. are yeah this is more the detail of like today i went to this place or something like that i share like i share us working on our house lately you know oh i love when you do so much fun i love it it, you know oh yes (laughs) and i think that's a really great point too and a a tip that we have just like 100 percent just coined to you and just keep sharing it because it was just gold is the drafts, if you wouldn't mind touching on that, because I, I had no idea about that idea. And I think it's gold. So yeah. if you wouldn't mind. Um, that's just how I have my posts ready. I If I have photos that I really like, but I don't um, want to share them tonight or I want to wait where to a night that has, um, you know, a lot more people using the app, then uh, I get them set up in my drafts folder where I create a whole post and tag everybody and make my caption and then I just go back and save it as a draft so then I have you know 40 or 50 pictures at a time that I can draw from and then I'm not having to spend 45 minutes a night real you know, time saver the perfect post real time saver yeah, right there get a lot well and we'll have a video on Freebird for you guys because when she shared that with us we instantly did one because a lot of people are like how do I do that and I was mm-hmm. like well we'll show you how she does that and so um, we just screenshotted it for them to know because it's a feature that a lot of people overlook, ourselves included. And someone who does a lot of content for Freebird, having those little time-saving tools are just golden. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I love that you touched on was hashtags. How, what's your approach to hashtags? Um, when I was building my clientele, I used a lot of local hashtags because those were the you know types of people that were going to be looking um, looking for those hashtags. Not necessarily even hair ones. You know, I did a lot of Reno Nevada and Reno Envy and well, yeah, you're you not know, attracting hairstylists. And, you're trying yeah, to get clients exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I just tried to show up everywhere for them, and I used a lot of my hashtags to do that. Okay, you can um, post thirty hashtags per picture, so you should always try to be using most of those. Um, and a lot of them I used um, with local hashtags. And then, you know, maybe 10 to 15, I would do more like tag the brands that I used, um, more international hashtags, the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you have those like preset in your notes kind of ready to go? What did yes. you? Okay. Yeah, so. I, have a, I have a whole notes section with um, tons of hashtags for different um, different things. Like if I'm sharing a selfie, I use different ones than if I'm sharing my work. And do you um, copy and paste those in? Because I've heard some people say yeah. that if you copy and paste them in, that it doesn't work as well. You have to manually type them in. Is that true? Or I've heard that. Um, I, I don't know that it's I true. I haven't seen that either. But yeah. sometimes what I do, too, is I'll copy and paste, and then I'll just add a couple at the end mm. um, just to customize it so then it's not a copy and pasted hashtag. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and also sense. knowing your platform because I think that there's a good point here, like LinkedIn excuse me if you try to copy hashtags it doesn't work and then if you go on instagram and you put it in the comments it does work and so having those um having knowing your your uh medium what what are you trying to share right where are you working and did instagram just stick out to you like oh this makes sense for me how did you know instagram was going to be where you should put your focus it made sense to me just because i'm in such a visual um industry so it was just you know like a free portfolio and I could just showcase all of my favorite things and you know some of it is not stuff that works for my website um 
And that's okay. It just that's, worked for me. Yeah. yeah. And then Facebook also. Um, I feel like Instagram is used by a lot of people that are 30 something and under. So that was kind of the clientele that I wanted to target then. So um, that's I a really good thing to touch on right there yeah. is knowing where your where your target audience is. Mm-hmm. And Instagram absolutely is that demographic. Facebook is the older demographic. And then you have TikTok, Snapchat that yeah. you're moving into those lower demographic and not lower, but younger, younger, <laughs> younger not lower. Oh, Baby my goodness. I did not mean that. <laughs> younger demographic. And um, have you started playing on on the new ones or I mean, how are you feeling? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I have a TikTok. I use it a little bit just for hair videos. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah. But I'm not consistently using it at this point. I sh- probably should, I guess. Oh, well, you know, know, I'm so curious on this. And yeah. I think this will be a fun topic we should keep on the radar because TikTok is coming up in the beauty it's industry. Big. It is. Yeah. And so a snap, Snapchat is coming right up as kind of these players uh-huh. like Insta and Facebook was back in the day. So, um, you know, really adjusting to this social curve that we're about to see. Have you thought about what? Are you how you're going to embrace that or I mean are you even concerned you know not even a real direct question here I just thought about it to be honest so I'm just curious your thoughts um I'm using it I'm using TikTok a little bit I have a Snapchat I don't ever really use that one sure. that much um those filters are fun though yeah you know, they are the filters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well and you don't have to be on all of them like you know right? just put yeah. that out there right there but Absolutely. <laughs> knowing that you just need to understand what's coming, though. You're mm-hmm. a beauty professional. You need to know the trends. You need to know where you're working and how to optimize it's your business. Not the same beauty industry that it was 12 years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys would have loved who I was speaking with yesterday, the owner of the Emerson, Tyler Colton. Mm-hmm. And he has been in the industry before all social media. He was doing Marc Jacobs and all of these different fashion events. He did R.E.M.'s music video. The list goes on and on of his incredible talent and so forth. But, you know, just having that refreshing story of pre-social media and the grind and the hustle. And it's something that I truly, so I started my career 11 years ago. And for me, Facebook was here, (coughs) not relevant. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't widely used for business necessarily yet. All of these things, Instagram wasn't even around. And it was just interesting because it was the old way, right? It was the grind. You sit, you wait for that phone to ring. You absolutely do everything you can to get a client in payment with business cards that's exactly <laughs> right look for billboards yeah, right and then, cards up billboards. yeah and you know and i i never want to sound like back in the day you know i never i'm that's not what i'm saying own it girl oh you know <laughs> and i do i do believe that there's a good way to to marry the old ways with the new ways and find this healthy combination because there's some there is just beauty in how we did it back in the day because it was the The connection it was it was the human component and the vulnerability of putting yourself out there that confidence and how do you communicate right like I feel we're losing that that I don't know because on the other hand I would say the really cool thing about what Laura Myers has done is oh yeah she has taken that social and relational component and integrate it into her social media because when I see that you're a part of the unicorn tribe and that you know what does that look like for you how do you build relationships with people on social media and have you made any new friendships that you know that you that have helped you and mean a lot to you yeah I have I think it's really fun um so cool yeah, I think it's um, Instagram has been great for me as far as relationships go, just because um, there's just such a supportive network of artists out there yeah. and sort of raise each other up and, you know, to be able to communicate with somebody who's, you know, on the East Coast, um, but is your cheerleader, you know, it's just so exciting yeah. to take it from um, social media and on the Internet to real life. Um 
I just think it's really great. Every time I go to a show, you know, I make all of these new friends that I have online and we you get to see them connect in real life. And it's so fun. I love it. Or, you know, for instance, every time we go to a beauty show now, you know, we introduce ourselves by our, you know, given names. But then everybody always asks and your handle. What's your Instagram mm-hmm. name? And then mm-hmm. you know you tell them and like, oh, okay, I know you. Totally. And so that's so fun. I think. I well, and really it's fun. Yeah. I love the, I love this marrying of you know the one on one of what you know starting out in the old ways to where we're incorporating social media and how yeah. we can connect with people across the world. And it is really neat. But it cracks me up when you bring up the handle thing because. Honestly, we refer to most of you guys by your handles. Like totally. when we're talking, especially because Freebird loves Laura's. <laughs> like, uh, we have three Laura's that we are constantly talking to. And we call you by your handles because That's Laura so does my funny. hair. Laura Christopher, you know, well, you're Laura. You're just Laura. You're the you're the token Laura. Cause, the Laura Because... <laughs> because hers is Laura Meyer does my hair and so it's like oh Laura Christopher you know we're like Laura (laughs) Laura is Laura but I think what you've done and incorporating social media to your advantage in your career but still keeping a very authentic um, human connection is so important yeah and it's possible tell us more about the unicorn tribe because I see so you're part of the la di da on location team and that's very much like an in-person relationship we have a lot of fun team events and we do you know our on location workshop and our trainings and um, we stay connected in a Facebook group but it's I feel like it's a lot more in-personal connection in-person connection especially working together at weddings but with the unicorn tribe how does that work with it being an Instagram team and how do you guys a virtual team is essentially Mm -hmm. Um, you know we also have a Facebook group so most of the connecting does happen on Facebook and then um, whenever there's a hair show or an event happening a lot of times people you know get a list of who's going to be there and then everybody has a meetup or hangs out it's really fun it's just like a very supportive network of artists and uh, makeup artists balayage artists all different types of um hair it's not just like unicorn hair yeah um it's it's so fun oh i didn't know unicorn hair was a thing yeah yeah yeah. that's cool (laughs) yeah well and that's what's so neat about unicorn tribe is i love the play on words and you know um they've done a really great job and so your experience with the unicorn tribe um is that what really kind of started the show component like reaching out for that or did you always know you wanted to do platform work I had always wanted to do platform work. I didn't always have the confidence mm-hmm. to pr- pursue platform I remember work. the first time that you educated. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's scary. On, yeah. yeah. On we're a big believer. Everyone has something to teach. Everyone has something to learn. Yeah. And so I remember asking Laura to teach, and she was like, me? No. Oh. And I'm like, yes, you have so much to give. <laughs> yes, you do. So I'll always say I knew you when. Yeah, it's good to, yeah, just be more confident in that, you know, and I do have something to offer. So it's a lot. It's yes, you do. <laughs> and imagine if you didn't say yes. I know exactly. I have to always say yes as long as you could, you have to say yes until you can afford to say no. Well, yeah. and also be okay with saying yes and it not working out yeah. because you still said yes and you still learned. And I, I think it's so um, brave and courageous of how you've designed your career because it, without a roadmap or knowing that it was going to be a for sure step, you're like, right. I'm going to go. And speaking of not for sure steps, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, you know, I get my lawyers confused sometimes, um, is when you moved out there, 
you were going to Omaha, weren't you? Right. Am I remembering that right? Okay. And, (laughs) and I was talking with her. I'm like, Laura, you're getting ready to do this big move. Like what's the plan? Right. Cause you always think that they're going out there to do something specific. Well, when Laura told me that she was going out there, she was going to Omaha, but now you are where, and how did that happen? Well, um, we just love the Black Hills so much and, you know, it's a small town, but, um, we decided just, you know, the little school was so nice for our kids and they loved it. And my parents are there and, you know, family has just always been very important to me. So we just decided to make it work. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's great to talk about the size because, um, I think sometimes artists can be concerned that they're not going to be as noticeable or their careers will be limited based off where they are. That is one of the most beautiful components of social media is your location really is not determining the success of your career now. So going from Omaha, which is a a larger city compared to the Black Hills. So have you, do you feel any different as a professional in this small town and that you're not as, you know, highly regarded? Has that changed anything or does that even matter? Right. Um, I mean, I think I'll eventually start pursuing clientele out there. Um, My main concern with starting a business out there was I just still wanted to do all of the things that I really enjoy, which is, you know, vivid color work and photo shoots with my husband. So that's all stuff that we can take with us. That's right. Um, Yeah, there you can get wigs. You can. Yeah. So was that was that part of the master plan? Did you guys were you kind of like, I'm going to grow my social media following. I'm going to get into this so that it allows me the opportunity to move. Or did that kind of more just naturally work out? I have just always wanted to move I never saw myself staying in Reno long term um and it just got to the point where we just um you know I was really busy but I wasn't finding that I was like like super happy you know and so I had to like really take a look at my life and you know think about you know you have all of these things that you've been working so hard for like why isn't that enough for you you know yeah and um yeah, it was just time. It was like now or never. You know, I'm young enough where I can build a great clientele and work for another however long yeah. and retire. And it was just, you know, time. Well, and you know, one thing that I think is important, too, is you allowed yourself the time without fear of completely losing. And the reason I bring up the small town is people think that they're limited to their geographic location, right? And so what you also did was you've shared with me before is you took a step back from social media and took a kind of a hiatus. And how did that look? What did it change your following? Did it completely re-energize you? What was that experience like? So a lot of that happened before I had any following. I haven't Mm -hmm. taken much of a step back lately. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's just some times where you just have to reconnect with your real life and, you know, be present. There's a lot of times where I feel like maybe I'm not as present as I should be because of all of this time and energy that social media takes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it is just important to take step backs. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you you said something um, that it reminded me of a conversation we had and it was before you moved, before you had decided on moving and we were kind of talking about the possibility and I remember um, that you mentioned, you know, I've, I've been working so hard for all of these things and, you know, I've been working hard on my social media. I've been working hard on bridal. I've been working hard on my behind the chair. And you just said it again in this conversation, but you were finding that you still in those moments weren't necessarily happy, even though you had all the things that you thought you wanted. Um, and you were just kind of finding that, that, that 
wasn't, wasn't feeding your soul. Wasn't feeding your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think so many people end up in that position and I've experienced me the too. same thing. And for me, it was, you know, something that was, it was spiritual. It was about mm-hmm. my spiritual alignment and different things. But what was it for you? For me, it was just um, having to reconnect with my family, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time working and a lot of time. I was starting to feel like I was missing things with mm-hmm. my family and with my kids. And that's just, it's not. It wasn't okay. No, it's not worth it for me. You know, you don't get the time back. And See, and it's so funny yeah. you say that. I feel like you've always done such a great job of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're always going on vacations. And you can tell that your family is so important to you and you you really if your mind's not at ease though you know if your mind is busy and physically you're not there you know and that's a really great point of allowing and being okay to say that something's not lining up something you know I and I can actually I can um, elaborate a little bit in my experience on this and it was I would I love this industry I love everything about it I love you know, extensions, coloring, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I found myself in LA and every opportunity known to man was coming my way because of the salon I worked at. They had built this incredible reputation. So do I want to be a celebrity stylist? Do I want to be a photo, you know, um, editorial, blah, blah, blah. And I thought I did, right? Just yes, yes, yes. Figuring all these things out. But I found myself quickly drained inside. My soul was not fed. And I just felt like I was constantly pulled in so many directions that when I showed up, my creativity wasn't even alive because I was just there. I was doing what I needed to do, moving on to the next situation. So for me, it was a gentleman who just asked me a very simple question. And it made me reassess inside like, I can't answer that right now. And it was, what do you love? What do you love to do? And when I kept asking myself that every situation I would approach, do I love it? Does it, you know, is it filling that soul part of me? And then I went back to Dallas. It was, you know, just that perfect timing for my Dallas trip. And I head back and I'm sitting with my clients and I'm talking to them like we're talking right now. And I'm like, this feeds my soul is I want to hear the stories. I want to know the person I want to be a part of their life and them know it's a safe space. And once I figured that out, it, I never wanted to be a celebrity stylist again. I never wanted to be a platform. I mean, it literally just narrowed everything down until my soul was fed. And so everyone's soul is fed moment is different. And just ask yourself questions, say yes, but also be willing to take a break. Mm-hmm. If you need to, it's okay. It's yep. really okay. Yeah. I, I mean, felt this like one... I was going to approach burnout if I kept going the way that I was going. So mm-hmm. it was just time to change my life. Well, thank goodness. So for you, was it the move? Like, was that kind of like the recalibration that mm-hmm. kind of helped you feel like things wow. were in alignment for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like much more at peace. Um, well, and like being in a beautiful place, like where we live now is just, um, it's very pretty. Yeah. I just feel connected to that part of the country. Um, a little so more grounded, just, closer yeah, to family. you know, closer to family mm-hmm. in a place that I really find beautiful. Um, I love all the deers and yeah. all the little pictures she shares. Yeah. So cute. It's beautiful That's here gorgeous. too, but it, it is. didn't connect with me, you know, and it, and it's home. it had been 13 years. So I'm like, if it, it would have happened by now, if it was going to happen. Yeah. So we got to do it or we have to not do it mm-hmm. and be okay with that. So, yeah. You know. Well, and it certainly didn't limit the career opportunities. Look yeah, at you. No. You're on your game, girl. I wanted to make space in my life, too, for the things that I really wanted to say yes to, you know, yeah. and just, yeah, not say you yes. You have to, to say everything. no in yeah. order to say yes mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. And that's the tricky balance, isn't right? it? <laughs> make room for opportunity. <laughs> so now looking towards 2020 and say the next three years, what are some goals that you have? What are you working towards? 
Um, so I need to have a night actually where I sit down and do a vision board. We were talking yeah. about that, and I felt so Freebird vision year. board Freebird night coming vision too. Board. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, because I didn't feel like I got to do one this year that I connected yeah. with. Um, I don't know that I even had time to do one at all. So I love to make lists and write down my goals. I think that's really helped me in my life. Um, just like, yeah, create a tangible thing that I can look to, and I love like crossing things off my list, and that. Um, it keeps me focused. Yeah. So I I need to just reassess. I think. But come on, if you had to give like a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to move into more platform artistry and education. I love. You would be amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um, and then just continuing to do the creative projects like yeah. those are I really enjoy them. And by that you mean the photo shoots? Yeah, photo shoots, creative color, um, yeah, editorial styling and. Um, assisting on the photo shoots I it's so fun what yeah. would be like a dream job for you photo shoot wise do you have any goals of being in a certain publication or on a website or working with a certain celebrity or brand I would love to be nominated again for the one shot hair award that um you know that was like my ultimate goal for my whole entire <laughs> career so that's really cool to have done that three, three times, times yeah. three times mm-hmm. um, so maybe winning yeah maybe but it's yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's pretty stiff competition. Girl, you were nominated. I know. That's stiff great. competition. I mean, uh, yeah. how many, just to give background, so the One Shot Awards from Behind the Chair, how many people submit for that? And then how many people are nominated? They have 305,000 entries last year. 305,000? And, and how many did they select to be nominated? I think it was 600 nominees. Girl. And some people got a couple. That's Girl. a big deal. Yeah, That's a, a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. Yes. Huge deal. Yes. Yeah. Kudos, my girl. Kudos. So the next goal I would say would be taking it home. Win it. Mm-hmm. Win it. Yep. And I like think she's biting her lips. Oh. She's nervous. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, it's so hard because you look at, the, I mean, I would not want to be one of those judges because I'm telling you right now, looking at all of that work and watching it come to life. And one of my coworkers in Dallas, she was also um, a runner up and she watching her bring that model to life. There's just something about it. You know, that experience is so, so mm-hmm. fun. And what what do you think it was for you that encouraged you to want to do platform work? What, did you just always know or did you take a class? What was it? Um, and for those listening, what do you mean by platform work? Platform work is, um, you know, when I think of platform work, I think it can mean different things for people. But platform work is either having your work notarized on a platform or working on a platform. So educating, presenting, so forth. Um, at least in the hair world, that's what I've always, uh, you seem to be nodding mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what I call it too. So for us, it's um just more of you're up there. That's where it's going. So as a hairstylist, you're not going to be on a platform unless you're a platform artist. So that's how we've You mean on a platform and a show, like on a stage? Or in any capacity, education, you know, different things like that. And and then it's specified. Yeah, special platform to where it's, you're showing something, I guess. (laughs) Like I've never been asked what platform was. What does platform mean? Well, being on a platform. I'm like, I don't know, Laura. Like I, or La. I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, up. <laughs> like, up. That's all I know. <laughs> no, yeah, that's funny. I've so never been asked listening. that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes, that's my bad. My bad. Clarification. I'm totally teasing. I know, I love it. But, so did you have a moment that you're like, oh, I do want to add this into my career opportunities? Um, I think it goes back to working in 2014 and 2015, and I did a lot of photo shoots with um, mm-hmm. Laura Garcia and other makeup artists and um, said yes to a lot of long hours and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. not having a guarantee of getting your photos. But 
it's it was just so fun. Mm. Just was I it the whole process your... or what part of that was fun, right? Like, was it the setting up of the photo shoot, the actual oh, photo shoot? Yeah. You know, what do you think? Because some artists will so, never have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I think what it was was, you know, we would style hair or I would go on these photo shoots where, you know, the photographer was the creative director and um, and it was so fun. It was such valuable knowledge and experience. But then what I took from it was, okay, I want to do ones that are hair focused, you know, because I feel like a lot of the times, <coughs> oops, sorry, no worries. <laughs> um, the hair ends up kind of being like third down the yeah. list or fourth down the list of what people are noticing. And so I decided that I wanted to just really take control and start doing what I wanted. And, you know, I have a husband that's very talented and yes, he is. he's very supportive of me and wanting to create um, amazing work. And he's got a really great eye. So, um, he was up for, you know, just going for it and creating, you know, wow. as much beautiful work as we could. And we did it. It was, it oh, you got the ultimate so team right there. Yeah, it's awesome. girl. And we love working together and we get along really well. So it's fun. We have a uh, similar visions. I think it, yeah. it just worked out. So, and who are some of the other artists that inspire you who, whose photo shoots you love to look at and that you just love seeing their creative process? Like well-known artists. Hair artist. Hair yeah. artist. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Megan Chapani. Her mm -hmm. Instagram is Schmegs and Bacon. Cute. She's, she's amazing. She's only like 23 years old or something and, you know, just creates all of this editorial work. Um, wow. Color, styling. She has a really great eye. She shoots her own photos. Um, so I love her, her work. I think she's very talented. Um, Caitlin Ford is another one. Her Instagram is Caitlin Ford Hair. Um, she's. Um, you know, created her own color techniques. She has her own platform, her own Patreon for posting, wow. you know, color videos and things like that. So I just really admire that. Um, and Christina Cheeseman, who um, on Instagram, she's just Christina Cheeseman. She's <laughs> amazing. I just really, I think her color technique is incredible. Um, her personality shines through and all the things that she shares. And uh, yeah, those are the people that I look up to. I think they're amazing. That's awesome. And I, you know, I have to wonder is, you know, is there stuff that you or something particular that you've learned along the way that you wish you would have known earlier on or maybe even a, ph a philosophy that you've adapted over the time? Yes, I think um, you should never let fear hold you back because I feel like I spent a long time the first couple of years of my career um, letting it really hold me back and letting it kind of define me and not saying yes or not pursuing opportunity because I was afraid of, you know, what would happen or what wouldn't happen. Um, so just going for it, you know, and putting yourself out there, like it can be really hard and painful, but um, that's the way that you grow. Yeah. Feel that fear and do it I anyway. Yeah. Me too. That's beautiful. I think fear is a, is a robber of a lot of joy mm -hmm. and it's unnecessary, but it's something we all struggle. I struggle with it. I know yep. all of us have it in our own ways, but I think that's a really, really great piece of advice. When I make my list of goals every year, I have to have one really scary goal that is like winning the BTC one shot. That would be a really scary goal, you know, because mm -hmm. it's maybe not something I believe that I could do yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's always important to me. That's really goal stretch that's goals. Like out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, your stretch goals. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing your vision board and you're kind yeah. of when, <coughs> excuse me, when you're planning things out, you have, do you say one stretch goal that you really go for? Yeah. It, one really big one. That's awesome. I get it. Yeah. I read this quote recently and I thought it was clever. And 
Um, it was John C. Maxwell. Or my I'm in a book study I started the day I did her podcast before, but uh, she, she's pointing to me. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, lost. Sorry guys, you don't you don't see us yet. Actually, we will start videoing these because I'm like people need to watch us because I I talk so the much. Hand movements yeah, I'm like punching my mic. You know, no. Uh, but he said that in his because um, he's highly focused on network marketing and all of these things and so forth. And he said that every morning I wake up and I gulp. And I thought that was a clever way of kind of assessing what you've set yourself up for that day. Meaning instead of just waking up in your day, just being this breezy day, you've put something in in your day that's going to challenge you, that it's going to make you get a little anxious. It's going to make you a little uncomfortable. But And you gulp because you're like, ooh, that's a big one, but I'm going to do it. And by doing that and having those stretch goals, I think is so important and can go overlooked because people don't want it to not work out, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they don't know where to go. And I love that you touch on stretch goals. Yeah. They're so important. The BTC was my scary goal. Um, either 2017, 2017, because it was before I got a nomination. That was mm-hmm. like, I want that so badly. Mine is <laughs> you know, TEDx I think writing next it year. Down, like <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't like public wow. speaking at all. Yeah. And so um, my wonderful team has signed me up for TEDx. So, wow. so why do you want to do it if you don't like it? Um, I always challenge curious. myself. Anything I don't like, I do more of. Mm-hmm. And so um, to be quite honest with you, I don't like doing what I'm doing right this second because I get nervous hearing myself back. But <laughs> I enjoy the moment and I'm going to just do it anyways. And I don't like being in front of videos, and, but I'll do it anyways. And um, I have to tell you, and something, you know, right back into these stretch goals is Freebird is a stretch goal for me. Let's all not forget. I am a hairstylist by trade. I am not a CEO or a founder by trade. So um, I'm stretching every day as well, but I'm so grateful I did. It gave me the opportunity to meet you two wonderful ladies, to meet all of these other Freebirds. And when you say yes, you can push yourself to that whole other level that you didn't even know was possible Mm -hmm. and it's not easy like let's really really be transparent here I suffer from panic attacks I deal with them all the time because that's just that's my jam is that's how I deal with it never had anxiety before but I'm willing to go through all of that because I think it's important that we always are asking ourselves what do we want to be what's the best version of who we're trying to be because if you focus on who you are on to who you are today it's very limiting. But if you're trying to always progress that forward motion, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I always do things that make me a little nervous. Good it job. makes me better. I love that. I promise you, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I almost <laughs> did it. Laura's salon. I lost salon. I had vertigo. <laughs> and I was doing an in-salon presentation, which again, public speaking, even in that format, I still am like, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I had vertigo on top of that. So the room was spinning. (laughs) So it was super funny. But yeah, do it anyways. Feel that fear and do it anyways. And none of them knew. My team was like, Cameron, we had no idea you were spinning in your head. And I was like, it's in my head. Like, I got to just quiet that voice and just go. So I love that you talk, you talk on stretch goals. Miss Law, what's been your stretch goal? Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't know. That would be left for another day oh. another day <laughs> well i think that one that you can touch on that you've already done right you went from traditional schooling education to you became a makeup artist and then opened a salon and have an on location that's a stretch from just going the traditional route to not so it's you have three people who are doing their own stretches every single day trying to figure it out but would you recommend for pros who are starting out what would be a, a healthy stretch goal in um for themselves self-care making sure they're putting themselves first in the industry as they're growing their business. Because I think that's one thing self-care goes to the back burner too often. And we're focused on helping other people feel beautiful. But what about them? Have you, have you found anything that helps you as a professional 
have self-care time? Personally, I've always made time to get massages. Mm -hmm. So that was just something really important to me. I always felt like it made me feel better. Um, now that I'm in my 30s, my back starts to yeah. work. You know? <laughs> I'm not even behind the chair anymore because of my back. So, I mean, I get it. <laughs> so I, I just always thought that really helped me. Um, yeah. You know, and it was like my me time that I was not willing to compromise. It was like one thing that I could really say, no, I actually really need this. You know, mm -hmm. this will make me better. So because um, it is hard. It's really hard to make time for yourself. And, you know, I say yes to everything, but maybe you don't say yes to taking care of yourself. You yeah. Know? So. There's always that switch, isn't it? Like you have to say yes to allow yourself to be yeah. open to these opportunities. But as you get busier, and that's something that I think, um, you know, it just happens one day and you're like, oh, I'm way busier than I was a month ago yeah. or two months mm -hmm. ago. And you have to reassess. So always be in a constant um, post-implementation process evaluation, if you will. So you're looking at what you've put into place and make sure it still works for you where you're at, where you're growing. And self-care has to be in that because the more and more busy you get behind the chair or in front of a face if you're a makeup artist or whatever it is, make sure you're taking self-care and self-time so that you don't get close to burnout, that when you're engaging with people, your creativity is still there and that you're able to be the professional you want to be. And so I think that you have shared some absolutely beautiful wisdom. And I know that we could talk all gosh darn day with the two, the three of us together. And having you two here has been such a joy. Is there anything that you guys would like to touch on before we wrap this up today? Okay. I think that was great. No, I think I it's good. I, yeah. Time, yeah. I just yeah. want to make sure, you know, because there's... You're so kind. I do have one question yeah. for Laura. So what does being a free bird mean to you? Oh, so to me, it's always meant, um, I had mentioned earlier, you know, there were those artists that, you know, I admired when I was um, starting that gave me a hand up and kind of shared their knowledge and their wisdom with me, whether it was assisting or, you know, like working next to them, um, even in a different industry. Um, being a free bird to me now means that I get to pay it forward and kind yeah. of help other people that are emerging in the that. industry. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just love having that opportunity. That yeah. is really awesome. And we're so happy to have you and every professional that is going to benefit from your wisdom, your kindness, and your awesome example of what this industry can be for the people who are involved in it. I'm so excited to have you a part of the family. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, ladies, I got to make sure that these people can find you because they are going to just be so, so incredibly blessed to be able to be inspired by you, too. So if you want to follow Miss Laura Myers, and can you go ahead and let them know how to find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Laura Does My Hair, and my website is linked there, and Facebook is the same. Love it. And Miss Law, you got to. They got to know where you are, too. So my Instagram is um, Lottie underscore Laura G. And if you want to follow our team Instagram, which Miss Laura Myers runs and is amazing. And she there's so much beautiful work up there. It's at Lottie underscore beauty. Perfect. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here with me today. And I am so hopeful I will have these two beauties back on here. And we may have a co-host situation from here on. We never yeah. know. So <laughs> thank you, ladies. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll talk to you later.